You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Um, it, this is the uh, one of the, the four classes, uh, Budgeting Part 1. So this will actually be a, a two-part series. Um, today we're probably just going to talk about a lot of the principles of it. Um, but really to make it come alive, you guys are going to need to take it home and really think this through and, and um, actually going to give you homework at the end as well. So uh, it is, we're going to try to make this entire series very interactive. If you have any questions in the middle of any of us speaking, please just ask. I'm happy to elaborate. I'm sure Emma as well. And um, just want to get started, first of all, by just introducing who we are. Um, Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Emma Fredua. I'm with the West. And of the two of us, I'm the non-financial person. So I'm a corporate learning facilitator. That means I develop education programs for medical or health organizations. So I have nothing to do with finances, but I'm an average person, just like most of us, who over the years have learned and have acquired some skills that have helped me to effectively manage my finances. And so Hopefully, I'll be able to share some of those tips with you today. Thanks, Emma. And Emma's uh, understating that for sure. I actually had a a chance to do a presentation with her a few years ago, and she was amazing. Um, (laughs) uh, My name's Aaron Young. I'm uh, also in the West. Um, I help lead the the West Singles over there. Um, But in the day, uh, my day job is I'm a CPA. Um, I'm an assistant controller. I, I know they said CFO out there. It's not right, assistant controller. Uh, but what that means is I'm in charge of uh, all the finances for the company and just kind of how that works and, uh, across our different entities. And um, it, so a lot of the stuff we're talking about today is what I get to do all day, every day, you know. And it, it's, uh, But it's, it's because I'm very passionate about it, too, making sure it, it works right. Um, I was just at a, a seminar Monday, Tuesday, and for budgeting, uh, you know, I was talking with uh, someone who works over at DreamWorks, and she was telling me we just bought some companies and they're kind of wild. We don't know what to do with them as far as this because I can't get tr- control of how you do it. And one of the first things, uh, you know, you start start talking about how you, you lock that down is you take away their access to bank accounts. All right, <laughs> you, they, they can't get a hold of their cash. They get in line really fast. Um, but that's the same idea here: is we got to get hold of what we're doing. Uh, this is what budgeting is about, and it's not about saying no to everything. A lot of it's just about doing it in a way that we can sustain, and uh, we can actually uh, do really well in, in the future. And um, there's a lot of great ways that God's taught us in His Bible how to do that. So I just kind of wanted to uh, uh, give you some examples. Um, found some great slides online. Are your finances a free-for-all? Do they look something like this, where, you know, there's buses and cars flying, where there, there's a hundred or so motorcyclists on that road, and I don't think any of them can move? Um, but do our finances look like that? You know, are we all – how many um, – Things do we have uh, competing for our time and, and trying to all come through? Um, you know, do you pay that bill or do you go to that concert or what about tithe? Is that uh, what do we think about that? Um, and then we're supposed to do this thing called savings, but there's not enough money to go around in the first place. How does that work? So the, you know, a lot of us feel like this um, e- even when we're trying to do our best that we just don't know what's the order of how it's supposed to come around. Sometimes we feel like this, where we, you know, feel like we have a plan going on, but we just get tangled. And then, you know, we, uh, we, you know, it's kind of funny if you're looking at this pattern. Everybody's trying to to move at once, and nobody can move at all. Um, They've all stuck themselves around this silly little circle. (laughs) But uh, we do the same thing, where you know, without um, having uh, a plan of when things are supposed to happen sometimes, even if there's uh, enough to go around, we don't really know how to quite um, figure out uh, the ins and outs of a lot of it. Um, and we just 
get caught in patterns and then it all builds up and it gets worse. Um, and something that was totally manageable before, um, even when you have a good plan in place, if you're not executing it, you end up like this. So... I just want to talk a little bit about um, why budget. I'm sorry, I think that's a little bit small for you guys, but um, uh, uh, one of the reasons we want to uh, budget is to avoid trouble, kind of like that that first uh, slide you guys saw, um, Proverbs 27:12. A prudent man sees evil and uh, hides himself. The naive proceed and pay the penalty. Um, you know, when we're not trying to be stewards of what God's given us, uh, this is what we end up doing. Um, and we make all kinds of crazy mistakes. Um, and even when we do that, we feel more in trouble and we try to take shortcuts. Um, probably you guys have all dealt with debt at one point or another and, and how we think of that. That seems like a good solution just to make it through. But um, if you don't watch it, it will quickly take you down. Um, also, Matthew 6.34 says, really stop the worry. Instead of their feeling no way out, it says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, it's very godly, too, to uh, really just, we, we want to get that peace back, right? Um, that God didn't want us to live here on earth just to think about money all day long, Right? But he does want us to do something about it. It's a tool, um, just like anything else. We just shouldn't have it occupying all of our thoughts. But we're not managing it well. That quickly comes to the top of mind all the time, right? We don't get to live our life with freedom. We think about, how am I going to make rent this month? Um, and it, it just becomes uh, really a, a wearisome on all of us. Um, but one of the most important reasons I want to talk about budgeting is it's God's design for us. Um, Genesis 2.15 says, Then the Lord took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. Um, this is the very beginning. God just created the heavens and the earth, and he needed someone to manage it. Um, you know, He was the ultimate creator. He designed all of this stuff, but he also designed man with a purpose to um, be able to put the world together and, and uh, handle it. Uh, and, you know, the, God, uh, unlike any of the other animals, man was designed this way, um, and women as well. Uh, just one final slide about, about traffic. This is uh, L.A. traffic, um, but this is God's response to us. Too. This is to set order. It looks a lot better than the other couple slides, right? Um, even though there is traffic going on here, there's a definite plan. Everybody's moving forward. You can even see that they've had to take away part of the road in this to work on construction. Um, but there's still a plan to it, and everything can move forward as it's supposed to. That's what budgeting looks a lot like to, to us, you know, is that we have a plan. Things are tight. It's not like the roads are always wide open, but... Everything is moving forward. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, and we can go about our lives and not have to worry about it. Um, but this is what God wants from all of us, is to take our lives, um, our little slice of it that he's given us, and to set order to it. It's, very, it, it's definitely our, God's design within us. Thanks, Aaron. Good information. And so before we get started and delve further into this topic, we wanted to set priorities and focus on needs versus wants. Very important to distinguish the two, differentiate between them, because if they're overlapped, we can get confused and not really stay focused on, what, on the target or the issue at hand. So very simply put, needs are what we have to have. Take it a step further, it's what we have to have to survive. Wants are what we would like to have. And so I want to go in further with the needs and talk about that. I wanted to ref reference a particular model known as Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And some of you may be familiar with it. I'm seeing some nods. And so Maslow talks about needs, talks that we have different needs. And 
the most basic basic of needs. My mouth's a little dry. Have it. The most basic of needs would be basically food, air, water, sleep. These are the basics of all. And then he states that you would have to complete, not necessarily complete, but process and properly address those basic needs before you can progress into the different stages. And so we have basic needs or biological and psychological needs. We have, you can hear me, right? It's, pretty, it's a fairly small room. We have safety needs, belongingness and love needs, esteem, cognitive, so basically knowledge, meaning, self-awareness, aesthetic needs, sisters, aesthetic needs, yeah. And so that's actually on here. Oh, thank you. So, <laughs> oh, okay, it's needed for the podcast. And so that's needed as well, but do you see how high up it is on the pyramid? So if you don't have or you're not able to manage the food or the shelter under safety needs, i.e. rent, Aesthetics needs probably do not need to come in play at all, okay? And then we have self-actualization, basically personal growth. And ultimately, people reach, reach a point where they, they're helping others self-actualize. So the bottom line is people progress throughout the different stages. One would have to properly address the different needs before they can move on to different stages of the pyramid. Ultimately, most people get to um, self-actualization, but different life events can impact that. So job loss, a death in a family, a divorce, all of these can shake that situation and impact a person being self-actualized. And so they will fluctuate around this, the different stages. The truth of the matter is only a very small percentage of people are self-actualized. So don't worry if you cannot see yourself categorized in there for too long. Um, Albert Einstein, Mother Teresa, those are people's, people who fall in self-actualization and stay there. Okay? But most of us will touch self-actualization, but will fluctuate through it because of life needs. Because that is life. Things happen. And we fluctuate throughout the different stages. So we're going to go into need some more. Back to the basics, focusing on four major needs. And what I want to emphasize when I'm talking about needs is we don't want to think about worldly needs. As single disciples, we realize that there are basics that we need. For food, there's an agreement that we need food. Everybody agrees we need food to survive, right? And so, burger, what are some general things that you eat for lunch? What do you have for lunch? Salad, what else? Sandwich. Tacos, so these are typical meals, right? How many people, how about dinner? Very good. So those are average meals, the normal, that's what we realize. Those are needs, right? How many people have filet mignon or lobster for dinner? That, so even though that falls under food category, and it's a food category, it's an extravagant version of it. So that would be a need, I mean a want, not necessarily a need. Okay, very good, it's a want, not a need. And so that would be a want. So being very careful, there's a fine line. And so we want to make sure, if you're on a budget, you want to make sure you focus on the basic needs. So what you explained earlier, those are basic needs. The others, filet mignon, um, lobster, those are extravagant. And those are wants, not, not needs, even though they fall under food. Okay, so one can try to justify, but why do you want to do that? Now, a fuzzy area with food is eating out. So that's a trouble area, right? I love eating out. Um, but fortunately, at this point, I've finances have been managed well enough that I can occasionally just do that. However, in the singles ministry, what do we do after church on Sunday? We have lunch, so it's a part of our culture. It's part of how we love each other. It's how we fellowship. And so incorporating that and carefully incorporating that will be very important. I've seen people manage that very strategically. Um, folks who are on a budget actually could join that event or situation, but they may have dessert only, or they may just have a drink, or they may even bring their own little snacks and just join in on the party. And so there are ways to actually participate in the fellowship without having to break your bank. 
okay? So these are some ways that folks can actually participate in this culture because we don't want money to limit folks from interacting with the group, okay? So that's food. That's very clear cut. We can tell it's a basic need, it's um, important, and we can differentiate between the extravagant and the basic. Then we have shelter, right? Do we all need shelter? Do we have to pay our rent? Is it important? I'm done. Okay, so the next thing, so the next issue would be clothing. We have to put that on to be appropriate, and a lot of folks can get into trouble here, okay? So a lot of folks can get into trouble here, and I see some hands raising. Don't, be, don't, don't feel ashamed or just feeling bad about that. That's why we're here. That's why we're offering the class, so that we can communicate and see how we can work on these quote-unquote trouble areas. So clothing, we want the basics. T-shirt, jeans, standard, right? We don't need $200 pairs of jeans, right? Because that's just too expensive. And even if they can tell you it makes you look 10 pounds lighter, probably not necessarily true. And even if it does, you still take it off at one point or another, okay? And so basic needs, we don't want to conform. We don't want to adapt the worldly views of what we need. And we're not celebrities, so whatever they're wearing, we don't have to wear it. We just need to make sure that um, we have the basic needs, particularly if you're on a budget. Okay? So the key word here is if you're budgeting, you want to meet the basic needs. And chances are we are all adults. We have a lot of clothes. You have basically all the clothes you need right now today. So moving forward, shopping may probably not necessarily have to be on your list because you have all the clothes you need, okay? Is that a hard concept to grasp? <laughs> so we'll talk about that a little later on in an activity when we assess your readiness to change some of these behaviors, okay? Transportation, how can we get into trouble here? How? Too nice of a car, right. Um, and so the luxury cars are not necessarily what we need. They are a want, right? And in some cases, or unfortunately in a lot of cases, even folks who want it and get it may not or are not able to afford it. Okay, it's too high of an expense. Um, it adds up. And not only do you have the car note, you have to pay for the insurance and the maintenance. And somehow, even though a lot of the luxury cars may have a really nice maintenance package, it's also very, very expensive to maintain these luxury cars. So the scripture that I want to use here will be Romans 2.12. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. Okay? Thanks, Emma. All right. Uh, one of the first things I really want to talk about when we're talking about budgeting is something I think that most people don't think of at all. Um, and it's probably the most important part of your budget um, is savings. Uh, it's really... You know, it help, helps us get a grip. Remember I talked about we need to set order to things? Um, but you're trying to set order to your life, which is naturally disordered, right? Um, there's all kinds of events that happen. There's very few things we can count on. Um, you know, we live in California, uh, which is um, a state where you can walk in and if the employer feels like it that day, most cases... Um, they can just say, no, thank you, um, and you're out of a job that day, right? That's totally possible. It happens all the time. Uh, you know, and there's other events that happen. You know, you, you're driving, you can get in an accident. Um, medical things happen, right? You deal with family. Um, there's just things that are out of our control um, as much as we have. Well, there's very little that we really can do to control it. Um, so when we're talking about savings, this is what it's for. And Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. Um, when we're talking about savings, too, it's not that we, 
usually can put a lot away at one time and just for a rainy day, it, it takes a long time. Uh, it needs to be someone who's diligent that just every paycheck you get, there's a little bit that you set aside. Um, and then that building savings, that is how God told us to uh, set hoarder. Um, there's different types I want to talk about too. Um, I'm not going to spend a long time on all of them today. That, some that I want to save for next time when you guys have had a chance to really look at budgets. But I did want to talk to a few. Um, one of the big ones I wanted to talk about is something I would call like an emergency fund. This is something where you set aside um, money for those events in life that happen. Uh, it's designed not to ever be touched until you actually need it. So open up a new account, put it away, forget about it. Um, and just to start, I would push everyone here to probably put about one month of living expenses away into it as just the bare minimum. Um, and really, when we're talking about going even further forward, uh, I would put about three to six months in there. And it's just there. It's something you, you don't worry about. It's, it, it's just there, but it gives you the freedom. So if any of these life events happen, you, you know, we're not going crazy and scrambling and, you know, whipping out that credit card to put ourselves in debt just so we can make ends meet. Um, this is what keeps us out of some big trouble. Um, there's another type, too, that you probably don't think of this way. Just call it a, like a sinking fund. So, and I wanted to talk about these two next to each other because I think it's easy to confuse the two. Uh, emergency fund is for something that when you put it away, it's for those unexpected events in life. Sinking fund is the opposite. It's for those big expenses you have down the road that you can see coming a mile away. You know, if you have an annual renewal on your car insurance, you want to set aside a little bit every month till you get there, and that's it's not a big check to write. Um, and there's other things we have like that, right? Um, if there's a big conference that we're trying to save up for and go to, I know we're all interested maybe in going to that singles conference um, later this summer, this is what a sinking fund is for. It doesn't have to be only about your basic needs. It can be anything you want to do. But the point of it is that you're setting aside a little bit over a long period of time. So when you're ready to write that check, you have the funds around. You don't dip into the emergency fund because that emergency fund really is set aside just for that. But, th but these other funds, you can open up another savings account if you want or you can just set it aside in your budget. But this is what it's going to do to... Um, also help us just stay on track. And the last one, which I'll really talk more about next week, is about retirement savings. Um, these are like your, your Roth IRAs, your 401Ks, 403Bs if you're in government. Um, those also you would set aside, but you just don't touch them um, either. You, you, there's usually severe penalties with it because they're tax-favored accounts and things. Um, but I'll, I'll talk to more about that and kind of when you do one of these versus another. Um, but I would tell you, when you guys are putting your budget together, savings should be one of the first things you think about. Um, I would, like in the order of how I would even pay things off, I would build up a savings before I would even touch debt, um, and as far as uh, just getting out of the minimums. Um, emergency fund, uh, I would do it, uh, like I said, one month of living expenses, just the minimum, and I would just start socking away that immediately uh, into a savings account. Proverbs 21.20, it says, There's precious treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man swallows it up. Um, or Proverbs 30.24.25, Four things are small on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. First in the list is the ants are not a strong people, but they prepare their food in the summer. Um, you know, I wish it looked like this guy too, but he probably has a little more advantage on all of us because he has four arms. So... <laughs> um, but, you know, I, just to talk about what an emergency fund is, everybody uh, needs this just in your, your personal accounts. But, you know, even the church does this. I, I sit on um, the church's, what's called the RFAC, the Regional Financial Advisory Committee. And uh, there's, what that is is uh, there's seven non-employees uh, of the church who are on it and look over the finances of the church and just see how it's doing health-wise. Um, one of the measures we use in there, and like if you ever guys see the, the bulletins they hand out sometimes, there's a measure they call NSTA, um, Net Short-Term Assets. And that's just the church's way to measure its own savings. 
and how many months it's going to take before it runs out. Um, and it, if that number kind of comes down too low, then we have to, you know, just get more creative, whether that is um, like changing what facilities we're in or some of the initiatives that we're trying to do. Uh, but it, this is what the, the point of savings is that emergency funds to make sure that everything just keeps moving forward. Uh, but everybody needs to do this. Um, this slide with the sinking fund, this is what I was talking about earlier, saving up for those future known expenses. 1 Corinthians 16.2 says, On the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collections be made when I come. This is Paul talking to the church, and it also talks, you know, it's a good scripture for tithing, but um, the idea is that, you know, on a regular basis for a long while, people were putting money aside, and so when Paul eventually came in uh, to town, and he wouldn't have to take it all up at that point, all the collection would have been done along the way, um, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is God's plan for us to think of things this way, too. Even back in Paul's day, there were no credit cards to go around, right? Like in order to to accomplish this, um, you know, you just set it, set it aside as you go. But these sinking funds, like in, in this particular case, uh, I found one online where someone was setting up a deposit for a house they wanted to buy. Um, it, it doesn't have to be the little stuff, although it can be. You know, you're looking forward to some expenses, um, and it can be fun things. It can be a vacation too. It there's nothing wrong with one type of sinking fund or another or the right time to save for it. It's just about are you putting this together in your plan so that you can do it in a way to meet all your priorities. Um, oh, and you want to speak to So I just wanted to stress how incredibly important it is to have a savings account. Um, retirement plan, undoubtedly, I um, participated in my organization's 401k, the match, that's excellent. You definitely want to, you're going to talk about that, right? Okay, next week. But that's a form of um, savings, and I did that, but sinking, um, emergency. I guess technically I had it. I didn't label them as such, but when I um, got to a point of understanding the concept of the importance of saving, then I started um, doing that. Um, I was at a point where I was able to put the extra funds into my um, savings account, and it came in very helpful. You know, there are situations that happen in life where you will dip into the funds. Um, For me, I've been in my field for about 15 years, and um, about two years ago, I got a really great opportunity. I've been fortunate to have really positions that I've enjoyed greatly that have been in my field, my niche, blah, blah, blah. And two years ago, there was an amazing opportunity, and um, it was with an organization that just had the bells and whistles. Everything was on point. I negotiated an amazing salary. They also brought on a sign-on bonus, so things were pretty cool. So on top of all that, there was a company car that went along with that, a brand-new company car that you went online and ordered. And so I'm like, wow, this is like... A dream, right? And they gave you a corporate card, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, that job was excellent. I enjoyed it. It lasted 10 months. That was not the intention. That was not in the job description. It was advertised as a long-term permanent position with, bo- with, a bo- um, with, um, with um, benefits. And so it was a new program with an organization that had been around for about 23 years. And so maybe six months into the position, they decided that they were going to close down the program. So there were about 10 of us, 10 people who left pretty good jobs to come here. And they gave us about three, four months to look for other jobs because the program was just going to end. Now, the organization still exists, but that particular program ended. So I was laid off and I was unemployed. And so they did offer a severance package, but truly, people, severance packages last three months. In some situations, it could last six months. Some folks can negotiate or the powers that be organize that and make it happen for six months. But bottom line is, if it weren't for the savings and just God totally helping me out in ways that I never imagined, 
I don't know what I would have done. So there are those unexpected situations that do happen, and we do need to plan for them because your career could just be moving in the right direction and all of a sudden, bam. Or there could be other life situations. It could be a medical condition. It could be a death in the family. It could be a car situation. So all these things do happen, and savings really are helpful for you to actually tap into to um, actually help with those situations. Thanks. Um, another big concept I want to just talk about today is debt. So when we're, we're talking about a, a budget, uh, this is the part of the budget that um, we need to also address. A lot of times people think they think of budgets more of here's all the stuff I have to spend um, and plus some, so I'll fund this much with the income I get in and the rest I'll make up with debt. Has nothing to do with the budget. That's just you know getting ourselves in a hole, right? Um, a budget's about putting a plan together so that you don't do these things. Um, and also with with debt, you can plan to pay it off if we have it. Um, I think there's another pod, or another class going tonight too. You might want to listen to the podcast, and they're they're spending a long time about talking uh, about debt. Um, but a few scriptures for you: Proverbs 22:26. It says, do not be a man who strikes hands in pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from you. Um, Ecclesiastes 5.5, 5, it is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Um, so these are matters of integrity, right? Let's not say, hey, I'm, I'm going to you know, take care of this and I'll, I'll pay for it and then uh, you know, find out later that you just never had the means to do that. Um, Proverbs 22.7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. The Bible is very serious about the concept of debt. It's not just uh, something where it's not a good idea um, or uh, something that we can take back, but it's, um, it's something that gets us in so much trouble that we it just throws us off our game, right? Um, you know, probably a lot of us have had credit cards at one point or another, and you know, I think we fairly know those aren't a good idea. Um, but even then, there's other types of debt that we have to be really careful about, right? There's some that we can justify in our minds. Hey, you know, I really want to go to school at this place. And I just need to, you know, help my career out. But it's going to take me $100,000 to get there. Well, maybe you need to rethink about what, what you need school-wise or, or doing it in a way where you can get scholarships. I mean, just really think about it before you sign that away. Student loans are something that you can't even write off in bankruptcy. Um, well, a lot of other debts you can. The government just doesn't allow it. So th that thing stays with you forever. Um, there's uh, also auto loans, right? Hey, we're getting that car and I, I need it to go to work. Uh, you know, be really careful with that stuff. Do you, what kind of car do you need? Is there any way you could have saved up for it? Um, you know, put it one of those sinking funds away so you can uh, at least take a good chunk out of it, if not the full thing. Um, you can pay it in cash, and there's all, there's all types of cars you can get, right? Look at Craigslist or other things like that. It doesn't have to necessarily be the brand new car off the dealer lot, right? Um, tithing and offering too. So uh, I'm, I'm talking about each of these, each of these concepts because I, when we get to the budget, I want you to kind of know how to think of it and and what we do. Um, you know, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Uh, you know, tithing or offering, uh, originally tithing it itself means a tenth. That w uh, Biblically, that's uh, what Abraham did and what the Jews, um, you know, years after adopted in, in how they took care of, of the church, uh, the Levites in that case. Um, but it was always designed to be out of the first uh, of whatever you do. Um, you know, funny little cartoon here. It says, "How come the waitress gets 15% and God only gets 10%?" <laughs> right? There's a lot of times where God's, uh, when we're thinking of the priority we have with budgets, He's at the very end. I'll, I'll give something to Him if I have anything left over. Right? It's not the first fruits. It's the very last bit. Um, and there's other things that we do all the time. We probably just don't think about it. If the waitress is getting 15%, you guys are eating out, um, but God's church isn't being taken care of, right? Um, it, it's a matter of faith as well. It's very hard to know you're writing a check and that you don't uh, 
necessarily see um, you know you're not exchanging something for uh, a service or a good back and so it really also checks your heart where it is too um, but just some thoughts about tithing right uh, a lot of times people talk about like, God gets 10% and then we get 90 um, because that's God's share but really everything we have is God's right that full 100% it's the fact that he lets us keep 90 that we can be grateful for um, and there's also some good disciplines in here too right if you can not use everything that you bring in you know whether it, it, it's tithing and, and you have 90% or savings and that uh, even taking less off the table every month. Uh, this is where we build our own character. It's very, very easy for people to live at their means. And when they get that raise at work, uh, hey, that's that much more I can spend at that point, right? But it's very hard for... Um, and you, you, know, you think you're doing okay if you're living at your means, which you're not. Um, you're usually just happy you're not living above it. But really, we should all be living way below our means. Um, and setting things aside, right? Like, this isn't all ours. We're going to need that at another point. Um, this point's where God wants us to be generous with the poor, uh, with our brothers and sisters as they may have need. Without setting money aside, or without giving um, to the church, uh, this stuff just never gets taken care of. And so we've covered a few things to introduce the whole concept of budgeting, and Aaron is going to cover some more next week. But we wanted to assess your readiness. A lot of times with programs or topics like these, we talk about it and we tell people, go out and do it. But rather than just doing that and hoping you will do it, we wanted to have a quick exercise and assess your readiness. You, where you are today, how ready are you to make any changes, anything that we've covered today, how ready are you to make that change? So I'm going to pass out some handouts and go over that some more with each of you. And it's called the confidence scale, a readiness scale, and the confidence assessment. Frank, may I have one, please? So I'll just wait for everyone to get a sheet. Okay, so when you get a sheet, just look up, and so I will know to continue. Okay, very good. So the concept of this is, and we use this with behavior change or habits, and undoubtedly we all have certain habits when it comes to finances. How many of us had an allowance when we were growing up? How many of you kind of saved a little bit each time you got it? Or how many actually blew it all away? <laughs> and so over the course of time, you know, that, so that was our introduction to financial management, okay? You're just giving money. You can use it whichever way you want. It's up to you. So some of these habits may have stayed with us. And in fact, if you think back to that, you may think, huh, that's kind of how I did it. Or for others, your first exposure to financial management may be when you started college or when you moved out of your family's home, when you moved to a household, any of it, when you got your first job. So whenever that was, think about how you were managing your finances then. Think about how you're managing your finances now. For some, there have been a significant change, hopefully in the um, better direction. Okay, if not... Do not despair. That's why we're holding this course or this class, so that we can all work towards whichever areas we want to grow in. So this scale tells you that on a scale of 1 to 10, it assesses your readiness. 10, obviously, is I'm very confident. I am ready to make a change today, where I am today. All factors considered, I am ready to make a change or two or three. One, clearly you're not. But seven is the basic. Seven means you're ready. At the very least, you're ready at seven. 
So what I want you to do is to go ahead in your head or on your paper where you are today based on what we covered today and what changes you want to make, how confident are you that you want to make a change? How confident are you that you're ready to make changes um, as far as your financial situation is concerned? Where, not so much feelings, but where you are today, considering all factors, with your finances, with your um, job situation, with which, wherever you are as far as your financial situation is concerned, how ready are you? Or any factors that can disrupt that could impact how ready you are. So you've come to this class and you're saying, I want to take a class on budgeting for a particular reason. How ready are you to make that change, whatever drove you here? How ready are you to incorporate that change in your life? Okay, so if you've come up with that number, what we would like you to do is if your confidence level is less, six or less, we would like you to, consider, to complete action plan B because we want you to identify the barriers that are preventing you from getting to a seven, okay? So if you're at anywhere between one and six, what barriers, what do you think is, is preventing you from getting to a seven, okay? Are there any questions? Yes. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I can talk about that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so uh, just to talk about savings for a minute, um, I think it's a good idea about 10%. Um, that, that's a, a, a pretty good shot in the dark at, for where you are. And then as you get better control of your finances, I would add to that. So, um, right, like if you're in the very beginning, you're trying to develop that emergency fund, um, I would shoot for just getting as much as you can, act, maybe even more than 10%. Just get whatever you can into that emergency fund um, up to about one month of living expenses just because you know you're going to need them. And then, you know, probably after that, if you have any debt, tackling that, paying it off um, as much as you can and, and working it into the rest of your budget. Uh, but you always want to keep doing that savings, um, whether it's like three to, and you want to keep building it up to about three to six months worth. Um, and but there's different priorities, and I'll probably talk to them a little bit more next week as far as how we want to tackle which at what times, um, because it definitely matters of where you are in your financial health, about um, which makes sense. But um, uh, does that help? I think. Okay, sure. Um, oh, ten percent tithing. I think I did I answer that quite right. I, th I thought I heard ta savings. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is. But actually, tithing in the New Testament, they talk a lot about heart, too. So it, it can actually be more, right? Like, it, there, it's, it's whatever is driving you. Um, it's about heart. So, um, right, the, the traditional Old Testament... Um, they talked about a tenth, and it was tenth of your first fruits, your gross, right? Um, and how you come up with that gross, uh, there's some people who add certain things or, or not others, but, um, you, you know, do your best to come up with whatever that figure is. Uh, and that, that would be what a tenth is. But New Testament kind of moves beyond that, and, you know, God's really looking at the heart as well. Um, so, you know, it is 10% what your heart's telling you you should do. It, it's not unreasonable. That's what they did, Old Testament. But maybe more. Maybe there's other situations too to consider. Do you have any regular income? You know, like a monthly income? Yeah. Um, I'll do that. So this is what you can do. 
he'll answer your question. I'm just going to take one minute, so you don't need to complete this here today um, for the sake of time, because I think we have about 10 minutes left. We want to take your questions. And so if you're six or less, please complete B. If you're seven or more, complete C. And just use that as an, a practice, an exercise um, over the next week, okay? Perfect. Um, Okay, um, actually, can I get a couple people to, to help me uh, pass out another handout? And I'll, I think as we, we're doing this, this will make more sense. That's fine. Um, sure. So what I'm, we're handing out right now is just a basic um, worksheet, uh, a budget template. Um, for those on the podcast as well, um, or even those in the room, I sent the same thing through um, to Turnwall, and he's going to put it up on the websites, but it'll be in, a, in Excel. So if you have Excel, and I sent a couple of versions over, just depending on which one you might have at home, um, this um, model, it, you can just plug in that way, and you don't necessarily have to write it down. But for those who, who maybe don't have access to computer, I, I wanted you to make sure you had something, and at least we can look at it now as we're talking. Um, one of the, the questions that came up was about income and how to handle it. And that's usually uh, one of the things that's the trickiest about a budget is uh, how do you handle it if you have an irregular income? Um, and there are some ways to do that. So uh, what I recommend for those whose income is irregular is your budget's going to look a little different than other people's. You're going to order your stuff um, based on your priority. So start with your income. Um, and you know, we, we talked about like the, the basics, you know, the four basics, food, clothing, shelter, transportation, right? That's going at the top of your budget, right? Um, you know, tithing, this should be at the top of your budget too. We're talking about first fruits, right? Um, your savings, depending on where you are, right? That's probably nearing the top of your budget too because you have to start figuring out how to put some of this away. And then you order it from there. Uh, and what happens when you have an irregular income is you have your budget for a month. You kind of know, usually you know you're getting about up to the next point, and your budget looks like um, you go down the list until you run out of money and you're done, right? And that's what that period looks like. And then usually with people who are on bonus or commission, they get a big check at some point, uh, right? And that's the point where, okay, now you can go further down your priority list and you can pay off some of the, those bigger expenses that you're trying to do um, and uh, tackle it that way. And if you have stuff left over, put it away. Like, add, sink it away into that savings fund, right? Because you know that that's going to be what's going to get you through uh, some of your, your future uh, uh, expenses uh, for those off checks. Anyone else have any questions for Emma or myself? Yeah. Go ahead. First of all, I got a job. Hey, hey congratulations. But I'm an independent contractor, so that means I don't pay taxes. Well, yeah, so the question, uh, just to repeat it for those on the podcast, is how do independent contractors uh, need to take care of things like taxes, which are in your budget. Um, independent contractors, unless you're not, uh, I think it's $600 to the year, so it's at a very low threshold. You actually do have to pay taxes, and it's up to you to pay them throughout the year. You need to pay something called quarterly estimated taxes. You need to pay one to federal, and you need to pay another to the state. Um, and it's pretty expensive, too, because for you, um, you not only pay what's the typical employee share of taxes, you also pay the employer share too. So things like Social Security and Medicare, you're going to have a, a, a bigger check to the government than you would have had if you were working for an employer who's paying half of that on your, your behalf. Um, but that's probably, as a percentage of your gross, I would set aside, um, I think for the Social Security, Medicare, roughly... 15%, and then on top of that, all the federal stuff that you normally came out of all your checks while you were um, you working, and that depends on your income threshold, but 
probably a good tax preparer can kind of help sit down with you if you're in that situation and figure out what you need to do to set aside the right amount every quarter. Um, anyway, I just wanted to talk through this budget template a little bit too and give you guys some homework. Um, and I'll still take questions, but uh, what I wanted to talk about is you have this at home or you will have this uh, either an email or on the, the, the Coastal website um, along with the podcast, but this is just a basic template. You know your own situation. If you have things on here that are missing, just add a row. It doesn't really matter. The point of this, though, is you're going to get your total income at the top um, and all your expenses below, including um, there's some, some lines in here for savings. And then at the bottom, it needs to zero out. So it don't, don't look at stuff, whatever's left over. Whatever's left over needs to probably go into the savings account. But just make sure you completely fill this out. Um, we're going to talk about next week how to use a budget. I think right now I just want you guys to take it home over the next week and try to fill it out. Um, and look over your expenses, you know, get a really realistic idea of what it looks like for a typical month and try to plug that in. Or if you're, uh, and depending on kind of your paycheck frequency, maybe that's, you build a budget around that, that it makes sense for you. Most people are on a monthly budget, though, of one type or another. Uh, but anyway, I want you to take this home as homework, do it. And tonight, before you go, I'd also like you to find a partner, preferably within your own ministry, um, to be accountable to. So one of the hard things uh, about budgeting is it takes a lot of discipline. Um, it's not a habit that a lot of us have picked up. And so it's good to have a person or two that are in your life that can ask you about it. Hey, did you remember to fill out your budget template this week? Are you, you know, knowing you're going to be going to budgeting part two, we need you guys to have something to use. So find somebody and uh, make them your accountability partner for the week. And even thereafter, you know, checking things like how you're doing with your budget and are you using it. And so definitely get into that. All right. Well, I, I think unless the, is there any other questions for Emma and myself tonight? Okay. Well, thank you very much. You guys have been wonderful. You've just listened to the Elevate podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.